right, thank you for coming out. We love you. We are the Cherry Bums. Woohoo! All right, I thought that went pretty well, Rob. Hey, that was fun. I mean, I haven't performed like that since my recital in 2013 when I was still learning how to play guitar. We are kicking ass. I'm pretty damn cool on this guitar, I gotta admit. Yeah, I didn't know if you'd be that good because, you know, I've never seen you play an instrument before, but you really surprised me. Yeah, you know, I just picked it up. I I don't know. I, I, I think I rock. Yeah, you kind of do. You were able to keep up with me. Uh, you know what? We're a team. No matter what you put us through, we are a team, my friend. Hell yeah. Uh, I do have to take this wig off, though, because it's itching the hell out of my head. It, I think it looks great. I mean, if it was... Uh... If it was acceptable for men to wear wigs without getting made fun of, I mean, I would wear this thing all the time. <laughs> the crimped look does look good on you, I've got to say, Rob. <laughs> In the 80s, it didn't look so good, but now, you know, I guess <laughs> we're, we're bringing it back. We are. I know, I know. And I got to admit, my, my hands hurt a little bit from, like, bedazzling every single stitch of clothing we're wearing. But I stayed up late just to make it look really good to impress Bev for you, because oh, I know you're excited you. to meet her. I can't believe you actually bedazzled everything on our outfits. It's unbelievable. I mean, you never cease to amaze me. I didn't really think about it, but I don't think that the underwear was necessary because no one sees it. Right. But I, yeah, why did you do that? Okay. I don't know. I just went that <laughs> extra mile and I was just kind of into it. But Got a little OCD. Back, yeah. yeah, looking back, I don't think that was necessary. But you know what? If things work out with Bev, you know what? You may have an underwear audience, my friend. Hey, we could wear our underwear on the outside like Madonna, you know? You know what? I, I say go for it. And I think I saw her in the audience. Madonna? Oh, uh, no, Bev, Bev. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there was only one chick with a duck, and I think that was her. Yeah, maybe it was because we sang, you know, Howard the Duck at the end of our set list, and, you know, that brought her in. Well, we are a Cherry Bomb cover band, so, you know, we have a very limited set to work with. Which is true, yeah, like three songs, maybe? I'm thinking. This is a pretty long, uh, arduous task to go through just to get a girl, though, Rob, I gotta admit. I know, I've done far worse things to get the attention of a woman before, so. I remember that ventriloquist dummy thing, too. Yeah, that was pretty weird, too. Yeah. That... But anyway, yeah, do you really think that you'll have a future with a woman who loves an, another species? I don't know, man. I'm, like I said, I've got an open mind. Um, If she wants me to fuck a duck, then I'm going to fuck a duck. I didn't even think you'd go there. Mm. <laughs> Well, anyway, oh, she's coming backstage, so I'm going to leave you two alone. Ooh, hello. Across the sea of stars lies another world, a world almost exactly like ours. This is where he lives. He's 27 years old, single but searching. Favorite sports, windsurfing and Aikido. Favorite pastimes, cigars and sex. He has everything except fulfillment. And then one night, it happens. Hey, good buddy, are you home? He has a very sudden midlife crisis. He lands in Cleveland. You do know why you were sent to me? Listen to me, small visitor. I can explain how you got here. Maybe you're here for some greater purpose, some 
Cosmic cause. Here, he's forced to reassess his career goals. You went to med school? To explore new relationships. <laughs> to redefine his self-image. I'm sorry, we don't allow pets on the premises. To adjust to a changing lifestyle. I pull it out! Until he discovers just who he really is. Oh, no. A duck in big trouble. That's a duck, man. Howard the Duck, trapped in a world he never made. Coming from George Lucas, a Willard Hike film, a Gloria Katz production. All right, folks, judging from that trailer, we are going on a very strange journey today on the Midnight Mass Creature cast. I'm Mark, and I am always joined the, by the most awesome co-host ever. I am no longer Robert. <laughs> I am a dark overlord of the universe. All right, so do uh, what would I just dark lord? Is that okay if I just stick with that? Mm, yes. <laughs> okay, I want you to carry this on for the duration of the podcast. You know that's going to hurt. <laughs> I'll probably be having to mute the mic and cough a lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Yes. So um, now this was your pick. Yeah. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. I did pick it. And then like, you know, during the week I was questioning my pick, like, is this really right? Should we be doing this? And I almost called it off, but you convinced me to uh, stay on course. I did because I'm in, in my mind, this podcast is going to be going on for a long time because I enjoy your company. I have fun doing it. I hope others enjoy it. And it is about like monsters, creatures, things like that. And so we've got Howard the Duck, mm -hmm. who's technically a, you know, not a human. He's a yeah, humanoid. He, yeah, he's a creature. Yeah. And as we go further into the film, we do get creatures. So I think it fits perfectly. It's not horror, um, but it's, I think it fits in the wide range of what we are doing. Yeah. So it would be like a creature feature almost. Sort of. Yeah, exactly. And my hope is that our listeners enjoy spending time with us. If this is not your favorite movie, maybe you'll enjoy just what we have to say about it or, you know, our winning personalities. If not, you won't just put us all together. Maybe you just skip this episode. But I still hope you you stick around for just our winning, winning, charming personalities. Yes, I hope you can uh, sit there and listen to our witty banter and enjoy what we have to say. I hope. Um, now, I don't know about you. But I am basically just wearing a shirt and no pants or anything from the waist down. Really? In I've honor got... of Howard the Duck. Okay, I've got a, vi well, I've actually got two visors, one for the bottom and one for the top. <laughs> and so that that's my duck bill for the day. There you go. There you go. So now off air, we talked about this. Um, now I... Myself, I'm a big comic book geek. I have since I was like a, a small, small youngster. Um, so I was familiar with Howard before the film. I read the comic books, but now I believe you said the movie was your first exposure to Howard. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. My friend right. brought the movie over to my house. He was like, you got to see this because we were heavily into Ghostbusters and, um, you know, just movies like that, especially The Fly. We would constantly watch The Fly. And he brought over Howard the Duck one day and it was the absolute goofiest 
most incredible movie that I had seen at that time. I forgot to say this in the intro. It came out in 1986. The movie did. Do you remember around when you saw the movie, Rob? Probably 87. So close to when it came out. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I cannot for the life of me remember when I saw this. I don't, and I don't remember how I saw it. I don't, I did not go to the theater to see it. I know that much. Um, I think I more than likely caught it on cable at some point of my life. Um, And of course it was not a commercial success. We, we both know that, correct? Right. Okay. Um, So I think, and I I did love the comic book. I I know that much. Um, And I think I just kind of steered clear of it because it wasn't successful. Um, And I'll talk more about the actual creature of Howard the Duck. So, but somehow I did see it. Uh, So I became familiar with it and I got to admit, like, I love Leah Thompson, not in the way that other men would love Leah Thompson, but I love (laughs) Leah Thompson. And I think that she's just sweet as can be in this movie. Like, I just want to hug her. She is. She's Um, super sweet. Yeah. So it kind of won me over in a weird way. And we'll talk more about this as we go. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I can't give you a definite time or anything when I saw this. I was much older. I will tell you that. I I probably was later 20s, maybe even early 30s. So it was a while, like much, way much after you that I saw this. Wow, I guess so. My goodness, I must have been 12 years old when I saw this movie. Yeah, we had very different experiences, I'm sure, with this film. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, well, I was a kid still and and it was like duck boobs, you know, duck boobs. (laughs) (laughs) And see, I would have been sorely disappointed because not once did I get duck dick. So no, then, then wait, dude. <laughs> now uh, I'm not familiar with a duck's anatomy. Oh yes, they do. The, they've got the like the cork penises. Good God, I didn't sure. even think we would go here. I, okay, I'm going <laughs> to default to your knowledge on that one. <laughs> yes. Um, it, uh, so that, yeah, that's like a, my that's the extent of my duck anatomy. I somewhere heard that they had these really long corkscrew type penises things and it's just very terrifying (laughs) you get a dick pic from a duck and it's just (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm sorry i will stop all right but i and i i did get rob's permission before i go on this weird little tangent but i love the comic book so i just want to talk about that really quick because without the comic book we would not have this film um uh the writer of the comic was Steve Gerber, and he actually worked on the film as well uh, with uh, Will, with the director, Willa Hayek, and uh, Gloria Katz, I believe. Uh, the artist for the uh, comic book was Val uh, Mayerick, M-A-Y-E-R-I-K. It first is a Marvel Comics. Uh, it first appeared in Adventure Into Fear, number 19, which was published in 1973. with man thing are you familiar with man thing uh sounds familiar but i'm not conjuring up any images okay if you know swamp thing which i know you do it's almost like marvel's answer to swamp thing they're kind of similar in a lot of like design oh wow okay yeah and um for the longest time it was my dancer name until i was slapped with the lawsuit (laughs) um Anyway, so he got his own spinoff comic in uh, 1976, and that's really what I started reading. Um, and uh, the artist that worked on that was Frank uh, Bruner until issue number four, and then Gene uh, 
Colin, Colin, C-O-L-A-N took over for that. Um, and then in 77 through 78, Marv Wolfman was the writer on that one. And the artist was Alan Kupperberg. Um, oh, no, that's a lie. That's a blatant lie. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. The comic book ran from 76 to 79. Okay, here's why I was wrong. The comic strip, the comic strip, that was Marv Wolfman and Alan Kupperberg. And I read that. My my father would get the paper and I read that comic strip religiously as well because I really liked Howard. Um, in 77, there was a lawsuit by Disney and part of the settlement required them to add pants to Donald. So uh, to, sorry, to Howard because they felt he looked too much like Donald Duck. And that was their way of like settling the discrepancy or the uh, dispute between the, the Disney studios and Marvel. Look at Disney trying to big time. Exactly. And now they own everybody. So it doesn't right. really now they own Marvel. So yeah. And then in the comic book, uh, Beverly uh, Switzler was actually an artist model. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Oh, so she so, was like one of those models who posed and while the people painted yeah, and stuff. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's all I'm going to geek out on. But I did want to talk about that because, you know, Howard the Duck in comic book form is very near and dear to my heart um, before we get into the movie. It's very so. different from the movie as well. Right? Oh, very different. Yeah. And I will. Hmm, I don't know if I should do this now. Um, I think we talked about Josie and the Pussycats. The movie, like a couple yes. of episodes, not like a whole episode, but we mentioned it. And you know what? Um, during the last the last bit of this movie, I got that Josie and the Pussycats vibe from them. Oh, totally. Yes. But what they did with the movie, I'm I'm not a hater on Josie and the Pussycats. I love the movie, but I really wish they would have done something very different, almost more like the comic and I'm not even the comic book, but the cartoon, the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Um, but with this one, I'm like, I really do wish they would have like maybe given this one, which I, they would never would have as George Lucas, but given it like a hard R rating and really steered more in the way of the direction of the comic book. Um, I think it would have been a lot cooler. Um, but we'll, that's neither here nor there. We could talk about it much later. But anyway, it's like the potential that could have been, you know, you had all this money, you had these people, because I have nothing against Leah Thompson. You know, I, I think she would have been fine. Um, but it's just like what could have been and then what we got were two different things. Right. Okay. <laughs> and it, well, that seems to happen a lot with the 80s movies, um, especially the ones that we've covered that were based on comic books. Yeah. And I don't want to come off as that fanboy who's like, it's horrible. It's awful. It's not, you know, I mean, that's really not me. It's just with this particular uh, entity, I think something really different could have come out of it. And it also, it's, I think it was such a, since it really was such a, a box office fiasco, they just backed away from it, which was even sadder because it's like now no one, it's, it even seems like now really no one really wants to touch it, even though he did like make the appearance in the one Guardians movie at the very end. Oh it's yeah, still, I remember spoiler, that. Spoiler, but yes, <laughs> but uh, it, it still seems like no one really wants to touch the character, you know, which I think is a shame. You know what's um, crazy though? Um, since this movie was such a flop for George Lucas, he was expecting to at least make his money back uh, he had to, I think Steve Jobs, something, uh, there was something in here where it said Steve Jobs. Oh, yes. All right. To to keep himself afloat, Steve Jobs 
offered to help by buying the Lucasfilm's newly launched CGI animation division for a price well above the market value. And Lucas was in such dire straits that he agreed. And that division eventually became Pixar. Wow. That I did not know. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty wild. So I guess something good came out of, you know, not yeah. something bad because I don't think it's bad, but yes. Okay. Interesting. Huh? Well, there you go. So now as far as the film goes, uh, the director was Willard. Uh, and I mentioned him earlier because he was a, a writer on the film too. I think it's Hayek. It's H U Y C K. And it makes me want to do the three stooges. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now I want to mention the only film I really know from this gentleman that he directed was Messiah of evil from 73. And it's a very odd, weird, incredibly interesting horror film. So horror fans out there, if you're still with us, check that one out. Now, of course, this was, was produced by George Lucas, and we know him from Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And then, were you a fan of The Land Before Time, or were you too old for that? Uh, nope. Or Actually, did. I remember when uh, Pizza Hut had the promotions of The Land the Before puppets? Time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my son had all those. Um, I just remember Sarah. I think she was the Triceratops. I wanted to set her on fire. Her voice was so grating. Really? I can't remember anything oh. from that except for the stupid toys. From oh, yeah. No, but anyway, so he produced that one. He also produced Willow. Oh, I loved Willow. Did you? Okay. Yeah. That's kind of up there with Virus for me. Um, and then he also <laughs> did uh, Labyrinth with David Bowie. Okay. Another one. David Bowie is like one of my heroes and, you know, rest in peace to the legend. Yeah. That might be a fun one to cover. Oh, Labyrinth? Yeah, there's lots of creatures in that. Yeah, I did not mean Willow. No, I know you weren't talking about. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so those are the people kind of behind the scenes as far as making the movie. Now, really quick, I would like to get into Howard, not like Hervey. I would like to discuss Howard the Duck. Um, so he was voiced by Chip uh, Zion, Zian, Z-I-E-N. Yeah, I'll go with that. Okay. Because I can't pronounce it. No, but he was in a movie called So Fine from 88 with Ryan O'Neill. Nope, didn't see it. No, but I did because the premise of the movie, this was when designer jeans were first really big. Okay. And the premise of the movie was the gentleman had come up with the idea of jeans, but the back didn't have pockets. They had like plastic peephole so you could see butts through it. <laughs> And that fascinated the hell out of little Mark. <laughs> so wait, not just like little tiny holes. You mean like maybe plastic portals where you could see like, like plastic portals. Okay. So you yeah. See two ass you can see cheeks. One on the right, yeah. One on the left. yeah. <laughs> and I was just sure I was going to get Ryan Reynolds or not Ryan. No, that would have been even better. Ryan O'Neill's butt cheeks, but I'm pretty sure they weren't even in there. It was all just women. I was pretty upset about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's out there for fans of women's buttocks separated by a strap of denim right down the middle. That would have um, been a whole different movie if Ryan Reynolds was in that. Can you imagine? I don't think he was even <laughs> born at that time. No, no. But if he wants to remake it, I'd be happy to purchase it. <laughs> um, and then he was in Snake Eyes, the Brian De Palma film with Nicolas Cage from 98. I don't think I saw that one either. Okay. All right. That's a fun one too. I do love Brian De Palma movies. Um, and then the main actor was Ed Gale who originally was turned down uh, by um, 
the people behind the film because they said he was too tall. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, but uh, he was in Spaceballs from 87. He was in Phantasm 2 from 88, as well as Child's Play from 88. Okay, um, and I'm guessing here, his role in Phantasm 2 was as one of those little creatures? I believe so, and he was also uncredited in actually Phantasm 2 and Child's Play. He was uncredited, but he appeared in both. Okay. I'm thinking he was probably one of the dwarves, too, uh, as well. I mean, not two, as well. Uh, he did a Friday 13th series, one episode, and then he was in the movie Dolly Dearest. Have you seen this? No, I have not. From 91. I think we should cover it at some point. It's like a a, a very cheesy, low-budget ripoff of Child's Play. Oh, no. I think you I think you might need this in your life, Rob. Hey, uh, I'm down to check it out, so I'll add it to the watch list. Oh, yeah. Well, don't watch it till we do it for the show. I don't want you to have to do it twice. Oh, I was going to watch it right now. <laughs> you hear it playing in the background of the podcast <laughs> are you paying attention like what <laughs> but uh mr gale was not the only person to portray howard throughout the film there were several other actors um and i'm just i'm not going to really go into their other filmography i just want to mention them to give them their due uh except for this first gentleman uh tim rose I have to mention him because he played Admiral Akbar in all of the Star Wars films. And that's why he shows up as Admiral Akbar on the um, Which it's a trap. IMDb page. <laughs> yeah. Uh we also have Steve Sleep, S L E A P, Peter Bard, Mary Wells, Lisa Sturz, S T U R Z, I believe, and then Jordan uh Prentice. So I want to give them their due too because it it takes a village to be a duck. I guess so. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, our basic premise of the film is a portal is open from Duck World, pulling Howard into our world, more specifically Cleveland. 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 Um, now on Duck World, it's just very silly because we see all these like little, <laughs> he's looking at like, I think it's Play Duck. Yeah, and, like, Play Duck. Said, the, <laughs> the, the duck has breasts. <laughs> duck boobs. Exactly. <laughs> and then there's like, like uh, movie film posters, you know, and it's like Howard the Duck, not Howard the Duck, like a duck as uh, Indiana Jones, you know, a wink and a nod to George Lucas and everything. Yep. Um, and then at like uh, Washington, D.C., it was something. Uh, what the hell was it now? Marchington or something like that? Yes, yeah, something. I yeah. just, there was so much. I just, uh, but we do notice a couple of things. Uh, number one, it's made pretty clear that uh, he's not a womanizer. He's a female duckanizer because he's got quite, he's juggling quite a few women. Oh yeah. Uh, he's so, a, he's a juggalo. I mean, gigolo. Yeah. He's, he's a bit of the uh, duck, duck ladies, man. Uh, he was also, there's a poster hanging up Howard and the Heartbreakers. So we get a clue in that he's kind of musically inclined. Yep. Uh, and that he, I, uh, he lives in alone in an apartment because he's pulled out sitting in his armchair through the portal. Yeah. And that, uh, the chair scene gave me serious Ghostbuster vibes. Ah, there you go. There you go. So he lands in Cleveland in a kind of sketchy looking part of town where uh he is more or less uh, attacked by some punks looking individuals yeah, and the guy <laughs> i never realized it the first time i watched it but watching it again last night the guy's got doll heads on his coat yeah they're very it's very much <laughs> hollywood's idea of like punks yeah 
Um, and then they kind of looked like, um, caricatures from a clockwork orange mixed in with, uh, yeah. Punk rockers or, or what Hollywood thinks punk rockers are. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Because I've got punks in, in like air quotes I'm putting in. Yeah. Um, but then we also hear like through the walls that like there's a band performing, which is of course, Bev, Leah Thompson, and the rest of her bandmates, the Cherry Bombs. Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, Josie and the Pussycats. But they don't have long tails and ears that match. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so this is where uh, she's headed home. And then Bev, Bev's headed home and she gets attacked by these creeps. Yeah. Now, is it the same two uh, punks or is it uh, two different punks? I think they're two different punks. Okay. I think. So wait, okay. Am I wrong in thinking that the the punks that accosted Howard at the beginning of the film, um, was I incorrect that, okay, what I'm thinking is the guy with the doll heads on his jacket. I thought they were the same punks that got Bev, but maybe I'm thinking that, um, the ones that messed with Howard first are not the same ones. And so the ones that got Bev was uh, the guy wearing the doll head jacket. Is that true? That may be. Okay. Cause gonna, I don't I'm remember. I'm not going to dispute you at all on that one. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. I just remember that he breaks out his quack foo and uh, <laughs> Bev kind of stands up for herself too, though. She kind of joins in. She's, she kind of holds her own. Oh yeah. They start uh, uh, whooping ass together. Yeah. 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 So I like that about, you know, about uh, her. Uh, and then, you know, we kind of, she gets the feeling as well as the viewers that he doesn't know where he is. So she has to explain where he is. And not only is he in Cleveland, but he's actually on earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get that really sappy song that plays. And the rain <laughs> starts pouring down and yeah. she, <laughs> oh boy. And she invites him back to her place. Now, really yeah. quick, the music is by... Uh, like the original songs and stuff is by Thomas Dolby. Do you know Thomas Dolby? I do not. So he was from the eighties. The big song I remember by him was she blinded me with science. And was that on weird science? Or I don't know, but I okay. know it was a big radio thing back when new Wave was really big. I do she remember that song. Me with science. Yeah. You do. Yeah, I okay. remember that. Yeah. That was Thomas Dolby. Yeah. She blinded me with science. Okay. So, <laughs> She takes it back to her ultra crappy place. I mean, it's like really just oddly like uh, (laughs) designed by like whoever designed the set. It's just like they just put random things. It's like she just like Bev just frequents like antique stores and just buys crap and sits it around her apartment. It's It's almost like uh, adjacent to the alleyway. You open a door and she they're still in the alley. Yeah, it's pretty weird. It's yeah, (laughs) it's very odd. But anyway, they're they're in there making their small talk and stuff. And that's when the truck drives by and kind of vibrates the house. And oh, yeah, he, got he PTSD. PTSD. Yeah, PTSD, Howard. That's what I wrote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we get more like of his backstory that he wanted to be a song. He uh, was a construction worker by day, but he was a songwriter by night. But now he's just a lowly advertising copywriter. Yeah, because apparently he had listened to everyone who said, give up on your dreams. and Yes. Yeah. So he was a one disheartened duck. Yep. 
He's a duck who gave up. He sold out. A duck who gave up. Yeah, exactly. And then Bev is like, you know, maybe it was cosmic, uh, 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 cosmic uh, destiny that brought you here and everything. So he falls asleep in her windowsill and she covers him up and kind of plays with his little head feather and everything. (laughs) And that's when she looks to his wallet. Yeah. (laughs) No, I just thought it was really weird because, okay, she, they had just met that same night and, She's like, okay, he's a he's a duck being from another planet. He's all alone. But why the hell are you just going to like treat him like he's your like a stray cat, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's just it, strange it, to me. It, tonally, the movie's kind of all over, I think. Yeah. Um, and then this is not the this is not the only movie guilty of this, but that rush relationship. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, you know, we're like, where you get these two people and like within five minutes they're like rolling around in bed naked and i'm like (laughs) and then i feel like the weird one i'm like do others operate this way and i'm just there's something wrong with me (laughs) right oh you must be talking about tom atkins and uh (laughs) exactly the 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 attraction of tom atkins yeah Yeah. but then she goes through his wallet and she sees all the little photos and stuff and his his credit cards and his little duck condom <laughs> which why wasn't the condom in a package i mean what's up with that you, do you reuse condoms on duck world well and why wasn't it corkscrew shaped ah yes uh, well who knows See? she she never unrolled it so it might still that's be that's true that's true that's true uh <laughs> but then she's she's uh, mentions that she knows someone who she believes can help him get back to his world right that he's a scientist that he's a he's a scientist exactly he is a scientist <laughs> so she's got to get him to the the uh, natural museum and aquarium but to do so she's got to stuff him in a trash bag with air holes poked all in it <laughs> to get him there in a taxi <laughs> oh that's funny because it's like yeah. the world is not ready to see uh no a the four world foot is not duck. Ready. no no, but she is. She's fine with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, she, she's she got the hots for Howie. Exactly. So we end up in this lab with a gentleman named Phil. Now, very quickly, Phil is Tim Robbins. Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Well, he was also in a movie called Toy Soldiers from 84. Uh and and not the toy soldiers that you might be thinking Yeah, the toys. About. I immediately thought no, of the little toys. No, this is one where it's just a group <laughs> of kids are like on a vacation and then they somehow end up with these like uh, what you like terrorists. It it's like a nightmare vacation. Wait, is that like it's almost like Red Dawn. Sort of, but think sort of, but it's way more sleazy and exploitation film. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and then he was in Fraternity Vacation, which I've already talked about. He, of course, was in Twister. I don't remember him from Twister. Yeah, he had a small role in Twister. Oh, okay. It he must have been really for, small. Forever for me be Jacob from Jacob's Ladder, though. He will always be Jacob. See, I saw that movie, but I can't remember it because it was so very long ago that I'd watched it. So I remember him from Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. For me, he will always always be Jacob like th- that like is seared in my mind like that one made an impression on Mark uh and then he was in uh 2011's uh Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds in Spandex so. oh yeah he was also with Martin Lawrence in a film but I can't remember the name of it uh but he played the crazy white guy to Martin Lawrence's um down and out black guy 
And somebody help me here because I can't recall the name of it. But if you know mm. it, send us an email, please. <laughs> right. Because we're not going to look on IMDb because we're too busy for that. Yeah, I'm too busy. I don't want to <laughs> do that. But yeah, so the ones I talked about are movies that I recommend from Mr. Robbins that I've seen. Um, but Jacob's Ladder is the most disturbing thing. Like, I love that in a good way. Like, I love that movie. I love Jacob's Ladder. I think anyway, I was okay. too young when I saw it because it really messed with my head. Oh, me too. And I wasn't young. I was just like, holy cow. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so that's Phil. But Phil is really not probably the best person to turn to for help. No, he's <laughs> like a space cadet in this movie. He's, oh, I cannot stand this character. Like, he's right up there with the two gentlemen we talked about from uh, the ice cream truck owners from last episode on the uh, Killer Clowns. From <laughs> yes, but I think more annoying than them. Yeah, I just am not a fan of this character. But what it is, is Phil works in a lab, but he's really just a, like a lowly assistant. Yeah, he's a lab assistant. He's a lab assistant. And he's really thinking that, you know, Howard is going to be like making him bank if they can just like parlay this into like, you know, news uh, features and things like that. He's really seeing him more as a paycheck than anything else. Yeah. And he's positing all these wild theories about oh, the yeah. evolution on um on Howard's planet. And then uh in prehistoric times they had wings and <laughs> you know, yeah, all this a, crazy stuff. He's a goofball. And I'm yeah. thinking, what did Susan Sarandon ever see in you, Tim Robbins? <laughs> uh anyway, so Howard's had enough of this. He just storms off and he's so mad he even like basically pushes Bev away, which I'm thinking. Yeah, and which is weird, like the force relationship you were talking about earlier. Yeah, um, now the, they're already breaking. Yeah, up. the force, <laughs> the forced breakup now because it's like I've had it with you humans. <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking, um, she's giving you shelter and food, and she's being nice to you in a world that you don't even come from. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, then he ends up oddly dressed in an employment office. <laughs> yeah, with a with a lady who takes no shit. Tora May, <laughs> but she finds him a job at a sex club. <laughs> oh, that's a sex club. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was just a, you know, your hot tub, your basic hot tub spa thing, whatever. No. It's oh, a sex club. okay. <laughs> yeah. Here's little innocent me. It's finally coming to the realization that that was not a hot tub spa. See, and what I think what they're trying to do, and but they're pulling it off oh so oddly, is they're trying to keep like one foot in the the audience that is familiar with the comics, but then on the other hand, they're trying to really appeal to a younger, like more naive audience. Yeah. But you can't do that. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you just can't. You can't mess with people's heads like that. It's just, it doesn't mix well. You, it, it just doesn't, it, it's, that's, I think that's where the odd tonality of the film comes from. But anyway, he, he, he doesn't last there very long. He has, he loses that job. I think he quits. He just quits because the owner's just such a jerk to him. Yeah. The owner picks him up and throws him in the hot tub, very, very dirty hot tub, mind you. Yes, exactly. And so his yeah. way of quitting is uh, running up behind the owner and pushing the owner into the hot, the muddy hot tub. Yeah, I think it's it a mud bath is what it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah and then he's like, so I quit. 
It's the lava of love. Right. It it reminded me of something you'd see on Benny Hill because the owner gets up out of the tub and he's like wiping the mud off his face. And it's like, you know, you hear that music. So, yeah, it's very. Yeah, exactly. So. We get the scene of him being very distraught and everything. And so he's waiting on the bus. Well, then he's getting off the bus. And as he gets off, the other bus riders are freaking out. And I'm like, well, he got on the bus and he rode on the bus with you. But now you're upset. Right. Does nobody look around when they're on the bus? I guess not. Well, so he as he gets off the bus, he sees a window display of televisions. Oh, yes. And And that's where we get like, you know, he finds out that they actually hunt ducks. Like it's duck hunting season. Duck hunting season. Yep. And then he sees like the... (laughs) The uh, commercial for Duckaroni, the San Francisco treat, <laughs> and the Daffy Duck cartoon where Daffy like flies and hits himself on a rock and all that. So he's like, he realizes that Earth doesn't have a large respect for ducks. No, ducks are second class citizens on Earth. Exactly. So it freaks him out. He takes off running and he spies his armchair where he landed. Right. And I'm wondering how long after his uh, breakup with Bev that he has been working. I mean, I can't imagine it being longer than a few days and all of a sudden 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's like, the time is like, it's like, what? Yeah. It's very odd. And then, so when he sees his armchair, he's very nostalgic for when he fell to earth and uh, landed in that alleyway and met Bev. Yeah. Well, and then, okay, I know it's a movie. I understand this. But, like, also, where is he getting all the changes of outfits? <laughs> right. Because he's only I, had one job, apparently. What? Yeah. And, like, because uh, you're, okay, so you're a duck. <laughs> Where are you buying these clothes? Are you stealing these weird clothes? Like, because the size, <laughs> you know, I just, there's so many questions I want to know. I'm wondering if for. he's, like, robbing Goodwill for the doll clothing. And wearing it. I don't it? know. Oh. <laughs> I don't. So, okay. So this, this next scene leads me to another one of my, my movie dilemmas I have. So the first time um, he entered the club to see Bev play, they threw him out because they thought he was a kid dressed as a duck to come in. Yes. Like it was a big ordeal and they, they escort him out. Well, this time he goes back in because the armchair is again, right outside the, uh, venue where the cherry bombs were playing and he hears her so he goes back in but no one cares the bouncer doesn't say anything so i guess they're fine this time with underage children dressing as ducks coming into the club yeah how did he get in there i don't know but the girls the 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 band the females the women are playing a really sappy song which i'm like i can't imagine like i do love that there's i'm sorry i go all over the place I was going to say, I can't imagine they're playing this song and the crowd is not turned against them and are like pelting them with beer bottles. But then that brings me to what I was going to say. They're also performing behind a chain link fence. <laughs> yeah, but it's still a song you wouldn't picture in a 19, 1980s, uh, almost a punk. It's very punk rock kind of thing. Sort of. To me, it's. How do I say it? Or new wave, like not, yeah, not, not new entirely wave. new punk, wave. Just, yes. Yeah. Yeah. To me, they were almost more like if you smash like Madonna with the Go-Go's. 
or the bangles or something. And the yeah. bangles. Yeah. That's, that was more the vibe I was getting. Yeah. There you go. Very good. Yeah. 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 Thank you. But anyway, so they decide to pep it up with like something a little bit more up tempo. But then Howard actually gets to um, eavesdrop on their manager, Richie. I thought his name was Ginger. I thought Ginger was the other one. I oh, think I, Richie's their manager. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I have no clue. I just heard, I, re, I remember hearing Ginger I, and no other name mattered after that. I was like, I Ginger. Think Ginger was one of the other gentlemen with him. I think it was the one with the hat on and the like, kind of, I'm sorry, kind of like uh, stringy, greasy looking hair. Oh, maybe. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, uh, I, that one was, that was Richie, actually. He was the greasy looking. The greasy looking guy with the funny hat. Um, and Ginger was uh, Tommy Swordlow. And oh, yeah, so. I okay, he was the one with the earring. Yeah. The one with the earring is Richie, right? No, the one with the earring is Ginger. And Richie was the one oh, with the. Oh, then Ginger is their manager. Then you are completely right. And I apologize to. Oh, it's okay. I was just as confused. Oh, no, I don't, I don't want their parents writing me or anything like that. Yes. So Ginger <laughs> is their manager. Richie is the one with the long stringy hair. Yes, you are so right. I apologize to everyone involved. All right. Yes. Okay. So, uh, but anyway, so Ginger is making like derogatory comments about Bev's cleavage and just, he's being a real male pig basically is what he's doing. And the other, the other gentlemen with him are like playing into all of this too. And then it comes to play that the manager ginger is also holding back on giving the girls their rightful money that they've been earning too. He's just a jerk all the way around. Yeah. Cause he's waiting for Bev to uh, give it up to him, which is not going right. to happen. No. Cause he's creepy. Um, so there's an altercation and there's like a little barroom tussle of fight. And Howard basically pins ginger down with an ice pick. <laughs> <laughs> And then he goes to grab another one because he mentions that only one of his ears is pierced, but he's going to pierce the other one with the ice pick. And that causes Ginger to flip out. And Howard basically coerces him into giving them the back money owed and releases the girls from their contract. Yeah. Which I'm like, you go, Howard. And at that point, I really thought that's when Howard took on the managerial position, but I was wrong. Yeah, but... uh, it's pretty much setting things up, don't you? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So the band finishes and they're in their dressing room. And just really quick, I want to go over the band members if you don't care, because I I love I love me a girl group. I can't I can't uh, deny that. Hey, I'm so, all, I'm all for it. So the other three members of Cherry Bomb, we've got Ronette, which is Liz Segal. She was in Greece too, with her twin sister, uh, Jenna Segal. Are they related to Steven Seagal? No, okay. but hang on, hang on to that. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Okay, Katie Seagal from yeah. uh, Married with Children. She's Yeah, they're the younger sisters of Peg Bundy. Okay. Uh, she was also in Flashdance, which I love. Flashdance. Yes. Um, that's why they had a Flashdance poster in Howard the Duck in the beginning of the movie. But it was called Splashdance. Exactly. And then Cal is Dominique Davalos, D-A-V-A-L-O-S. Unfortunately, there were no films that I was familiar with from her. And then Casey was Holly Robinson, who is now Holly Robinson Pete, but at the time she was just Holly Robinson. And she is, of course, 
Officer Judy Hoffs from 21 Jump Street from 87 to 91. Okay, I knew I remembered her from somewhere. Oh, yeah. Now, were you a Jump Street fan? I was. Were you? Yes. Yeah, I loved Peter DeLuise. Forget Johnny Depp or Richard Greco. I was all about Peter DeLuise. I actually liked all three. I thought they were equally great. I mean, like in a different way. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. He was a cutie. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so she was from that. Um, If I'm not mistaken, there was an issue with her name. And at the time, there was another actress named Holly Robinson, and she was on Melrose Place. Really? Hmm. Yeah. So there was was one of those things where there were two thespians with the same name, and they had to like kind of work that out somehow. Interesting. I See, I had never seen Melrose Place, so. Yeah. So we find out that Phil is because at first I'm like, how does Bev know Phil? Because I don't remember them ever really mentioning how she knew him. Ah, yes. But it's uh, that's actually Holly Robinson's boyfriend, I think. Right. Uh, it was Ronette's boyfriend. So oh, it would okay. have been um, the Seagal. It would have been uh, Liz Seagal's boyfriend. OK. Yeah. I knew it yeah. was one of one of their yeah. boyfriends. And mm-hmm. I was like, was how? Ronette's. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so he shows up and he's there and I'm thinking, God help me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just despise him in this film. I really don't. I, so I, I am so sorry. It's, it's kind of like Gwyneth Paltrow and he's pretty close. Like I am not a Tim Robbins fan. Oh, wow. I just, there's something about him. I, I'm not a fan of that man. I, I don't, I love, and I love Jacob's ladder. I love Jacob's ladder. There's just something about Tim Robbins. He's just never appealed to me. I don't know what it is. And I, no offense, um, please don't hate the show. You know, there's just sometimes you, there are people you click with and there's people that you just don't. And he's one of them. And I don't know why. It's just something about him. I just, I, I just don't know what it is. Interesting. See, I yeah. never, I never thought too deeply into it, but um, yeah, no, like, I, especially when you bring up Gwyneth Paltrow, all I can think about is the vagina scented candles <laughs> that stuff is just like okay something's wrong here i just there's something about i just i i oh yeah and this phil character doesn't make it better but anyway so he's there and he needs a feather from howard because he kind of believes he has an idea how to get him home yeah and uh howard's not going for that nope but he gets one anyway and they also find out that Howard has gotten their money back. Richie's no longer in their picture. And the girls think that he should be their manager now because everything he's done for them. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Oh no, not me ladies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that night back in the apartment of Bev, we've got uh, Howard kind of playing some piano and then he notices the electronic keyboard and he kind of jams out on that. He's dancing around, shaking his little duck butt. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, Bev mentions that she really likes his tunes. And that's where we find out that Howard and the Heartbreakers was actually his band. Yep. And then another forced uh, relationship issue. She (laughs) is completely comfortable being in the house in her underwear with Howard and sleeping in the same bed. Well, and I wrote down Bev's barely dressed for bed. Like, (laughs) 
like the scene where she's like bent over and she's fixing the cover. Whatever. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> yeah. And then Howard's like, whoa, hey, you know, he's looking over at her. He's like, yeah, nice. I'm, I've come to appreciate some things on this planet, like the female form. Exactly. And, you know, Bev's bemoaning the fact that she really just wants to get her career back on track and she just wants to meet a good man. Yep. And then my next line is bestiality. Bestiality. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Because uh, once upon a time when I was a young version of myself, I had actually believed that she was trying to get it on with Howard. And I, I was like, okay, a duck and a human, huh? Oh, I don't think you were off track on that. No, probably a lot of people were thinking that. Well, no, because she's talking about like animal magnetism. Oh, she, like, yeah. Plays with his head feather. Yeah, and, but she I was mean, only messing with him. I see. I didn't when I was younger, I didn't think that she was messing around with him. But now I can get like the subtle uh, sarcasm, I guess. Or mm, well, anyway, so Howard's little head feathers raise up. <laughs> He's got an, a duck erection. Yeah, direction. <laughs> yeah. And then I wrote down Bev's a tease. She totally is, man. Yeah. He's right. got okay. he's got blue duck balls. Yeah. But then I love how Phil's just there in the apartment with some friends. Oh, yes. And they see like her giving him a kiss on his bill behind that screen. Yeah. But I'm like, because they're like, well, the door was open. I'm like, but you don't knock. You just come in. Yeah, you should knock always. I, that was weird. And then that one guy, Carter, that they're with, he's like, well, this relationship defies all the laws of nature. And I'm like, <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So. <laughs> he Okay. So Phil is there with two other people who clearly are higher up in the scientific chain of things than him. He's with Carter. And he's with Dr. Jennings. Dr. Jennings. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Dr. I'll never get tired of that. No, that's fine. So Dr. <laughs> Jennings is played by Jeffrey Jones. Who I I've love, seen in a lot of other movies and he's I just very enjoyable. Yes. I, I love this actor. People don't come after me because of his whatever. I, you can separate a man's actions from like his career. So I love his acting career. Yes. Um, he was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was in Beetlejuice. Uh, he did an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Um, oh, you know what? I just totally skipped over Leah Thompson. Anyway, he did Tales from the Crypt. He was in Ed Wood, which I love that movie so much. Um, have you ever seen? I don't know if this would appeal to you or not. I, I, I'm always second guessing myself with movies. But he was in a movie called Ravenous from 99 with David Arquette. Um, is that the one set in like maybe the 1800s or something? Okay. Yes. yes, I I have seen it. Yep. Did you like it? I did. Okay. Thank you. Okay, cool. And he was also in Sleepy Hollow. I don't remember him from Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. He was in that one, the Tim Burton. He works a lot with Tim Burton. I guess so. so, Yeah. Because Jeffrey Jones. I mean, most notably like Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one of my favorite films. And as uh, Principal Rooney, I mean, it's just. Like that was one of the best. And then seeing him in Howard the Duck, seeing him in Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. I mean, See, to me, it's, it's Beetlejuice. Just, yeah. yeah. The, Mr. Deeds and Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So he has the line that he delivers to Howard the Duck and he calls him small visitor. 
small visitor. <laughs> we still to this day call our Chihuahua Louie a small visitor. So I love that line from this movie because we still use it to this very day in the Hicks Burrell household. Oh, wow. Anyway, so that's got nothing to do with neither here nor there, but it's out there in the world now. So they mentioned that the feathers are a match. Yes, because the the night that Howard crashed, um, they were conducting some sort of experiment with a laser telescope or whatever the hell it was. A laser spectroscope. Okay, laser spectroscope. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and a sing- when the thing went offline, a single feather floated down. And they thought that was it. They didn't realize they had brought the whole being that it belonged to, to Earth as well. Right. Yes. And it, they were working in a lab called Dinotechnics. Um, and so they're thinking if they can just basically re, uh, like redo what they had done before, they can make it happen again, they're thinking. Yeah, and send him back home. Yeah, but they're just not sure if they can recreate that or not. Carter especially is really not sure. And Phil just wants more notoriety out of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, he's it's like, don't leave. Uh, you know, we've I've got you booked on Good Morning America or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, not to geek out, but there are some similarities between the comic and the uh, movie. And he is brought here like by like a portal kind of thing, but is not this backstory whatsoever. But there is a portal that brings him to Earth. And there's also like Bev, that, like there's small things, but it's very, very, very loosely based on the comic. There's just like little tidbits of ideas taken. But anyway, that's one. Okay. okay. So, um, and then, you know, Bev's kind of like feeling sad because of their, you know, really deep relationship that they've built over all of these days. Um, and she's like, I'll send Polaroids and then, you know, you can think of me that way and everything. Um, <laughs> and cause you know, like Howard's like, that, that'll prove to everybody that there was, that I was here, you know, show proof. It'll, it'll prove that I was here on earth with Bev. Oh, in that okay. bed. Yeah. Yeah. In that yeah. bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's going to keep a feather uh, from him under her pillow. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so now we're in our van and we're headed back to Dinotechnic or uh, yeah, Dinotechnics. That doesn't sound right to me. So I think of dinosaurs, Dinotechnics, Dinotechnics uh, in the van. And we've got uh, Phil's driving in the Carter's shotgun and we've got uh, Bev and Howard in the back and they arrive and there's uh, no guard at the station. Um, but there's an alarm going off inside when they enter the building. Oh, yes. And this is where they had an incident. Yeah, there had been an explosion while they were gone, and Dr. Jennings had caught a fireball to the, uh, or caught a full force of a blast and disappeared. Yeah. So they think. They can't yeah. find him. He's nowhere. And then this is when Carter mentions that, uh, like, what if we've, oh, he's talking to another, uh, his name's Larry, it's another uh, uh, scientist. He's like, what if we brought something else down to this time? Yeah, because they were pointed in a different place. And um, what the hell was that? Not Sirius B. Why am I thinking of Sirius B? Um, Sominum something or other. So is Some, it Alpha Centauri? Uh, maybe. Hold on. I got. Is that what you're wanting? Huh? The laser spec. The laser spectroscope it brought him from Alpha Centauri. Uh, nope. It was another. 
from uh, where the Dark Overlord came from. It was something called Sominum, Sominus, or, you know, something like oh. that. Okay. All right. Oh, yes. So, uh, the Sominus, Sominus Galaxy, or something like gotcha. that. Gotcha. All right. Uh, so now the detectives are there and they're harassing Howard because they're not quite sure. Well, they don't really believe he's a duck. Uh, yeah, they're trying they to take his him. trying to take his costume off. Yeah. yeah, and they strip search him, and then they realize that he's actually real. <laughs> uh, and he just wants to go home, but they're going to arrest him as an illegal alien. And so Bev starts a trash fire to get him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, or she says there's a trash fire, and she pushes the policeman in there. Like, all right. The guys. How yeah. inept are these police officers? They're pretty bad. Yeah, they're pretty bad. <laughs> um. So as they're making their escape, they're like basically hidden and they realize that they're the police are serious. They're going to shoot to kill this to kill Howard. Um, So they make a break, but they while they're. In the uh, not the warehouse, but like the the building, they come across Dr. Jennings, but he's not looking good at all. And he mentions (laughs) he had blacked out and he's come to again. um, Yeah, but he doesn't remember anything that's happened. He doesn't. Okay, around his eyes, doesn't it look like he had a bad time at the tanning salon? Oh, yeah, it looks really bad. Yeah, yeah, it looks really bad. Mm -hmm. But he mentions he's got a car, so of course they escape in his car. But for some reason, they let him drive, which I would not have done that. No, I wouldn't either. Bev should have been the one operating that machinery. Um, Yeah. Anyway, really quick, just since we're talking about Bev, that's, of course, Leah Thompson, the wonderful God's gift to Earth, Leah Thompson. Um, so just real quick, she was in Jaws 3D from 83, which did you ever see that one? Jaws what? Jaws 3D? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I love that one. And then she was in John, the John Hughes film, Some Kind of Wonderful, which I love that one too. I have seen that one too. Now, have you seen Casual Sex that she did with Victoria Jackson from Saturday Night Live? It doesn't ring a bell now. I love that one just because there's a nude beach scene and I'm telling you, um, not for Leah Thompson. Anyway, uh, she did a Tales from the Crypt, and then I loved her on Caroline the City from 90, 95 to 99. Anyway, that's Leah Thompson. We're back on track. Back okay, on so track. He's, he's, he's in the car driving, which i that's just such a bad, bad idea. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like his voice keeps going up and down like several octaves. Oh, yeah. And he's making these ominous predictions like there's something in the world. I mean, yeah. uh, he's something is growing inside me. It's replicating yeah, and superseding my internal organs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I wrote in that entire danger. line down. Oh, yeah. The world's in great danger and there's something gnawing at his guts. And yeah. He's real erratically and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Yeah. Anyway, so Howard grabs a wheel and um, he's saying the doctor's saying that he's going to be the cause of the end of the world. Something's good, you know. Yeah. And so I love how it comes to that per- perfect stop right outside the cafe. Oh, and it, and it kind of vibrates the plexiglass. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, and then this is where Jennings says that he's now someone else and the transformation is complete. I, I am no longer Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> so the restaurant, which sounds horrifying to me, it's a Cajun sushi restaurant run by rednecks. Yeah, oh and I God. love uh, the the when they they bring Howard in. The, the first waitress says that there's no pets allowed on the premise, premises, <laughs> and he says he's a seeing eye duck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But the waitress, they actually get, they get seated in her section. The one with like the little, she's got the little glasses on anything. I love her. Yeah, she's hilarious. Yeah, I love her. Uh, and then he, the, uh, Jennings is telling her she's about to r- witness the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the end of the old world and the birth of the new she's one. She's like, are you one of those televangelists? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm the dark overlord of the universe. <laughs> um, oh, here's what you're talking about. Nexus of Sominus. Yes, that's it. Yeah. It's a region of demons exiled eons ago. Okay. Yeah. 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 But the laser released him. And uh, he's actually planning on bringing more of them into this world. (laughs) Which uh, makes you not want to hang out with him after hearing that story. No, but for some reason, Howard and Beverage is fine with all this. Yeah. They don't seem too concerned. Well, because really, like, he's pretty much the only link Howard has to getting back home. So he's just like, I'm going to I'm going to see this through. Oh, right. Because he's got the key card. Exactly. Right. Oh, yeah. The key code card or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they've got to stick with them. Uh, and then so <laughs> I like when the waitress brings because they just ordered the special, not really paying any attention. So they're basically like fried eggs. Howard's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, what do you think? I'm a cannibal. <laughs> right. So he freaks out. Um, but then that's when the real rednecks show up and they kind of they're hitting on Bev and they like block the two of them from sliding out of the booth. Oh yeah. And then they're making fun. They're like, is that some kind of ventriloquist dummy? Mm-hmm. And then there's like a pie fight scene. And that's when the really burly guy steals the code key. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, then during, during all these shenanigans, Howard eventually gets tied up. And drug back to the kitchen where they're going to like chop him up. Yeah, they're seasoning him and everything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, at one point, the same burly guy has a meat cleaver. But that's when Dr. Jennings like does that because he's doing all these things with his eyes, like these bursts of lights and things because it's his power is growing within Dr. Jennings. The overlord's power is growing. Yeah. And that's after he, um, cause Howard tells him they've got your key card. Right. Yeah. The code key. And that's freaking him. That's making him mad. But he does that thing where he causes the little meat cleaver to spin in the air and everything. Yeah. And it's just cutting, cutting down lights and all manner of, uh, chaos is being wreaked on the restaurant. Well, so during all the chaos, Bev and Howard attempt to escape the cap, the not cafeteria, the uh, restaurant. But the doctor seals off the exit from them doing so. And he levitates Howard, hitting his head on the ceiling. And he grabs uh, Bev because for this to work out, they need like basically a human host. And she's going to be that for the mm-hmm. overlord to enter into. Right. Which he explains to her as they're uh, making their escape in that big rig. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but he needs more power. He, he's, he's running out of energy. He needs more energy. <laughs> he needs to, like power up. And then he he pulls out the cigarette lighter and a big yeah. a big horn tentacle comes out of his mouth and he sticks it into the cigarette lighter. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Oh, now that man. little tentacle thing that you're talking about, that reminded me a lot of the 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 tentacle thing from uh the kindred. It did, yes. Yeah. So outside the restaurant, the police have arrived, but you know, much too late to catch Bev and, and Dr. Jennings. 
and the the waitress I love is is giving them the description, and of course the uh, the burly redneck is being arrested, uh, and then um, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. There's that barnyard display, and Howard's like pretending to be part of it. Oh, and he's like Frilzy, Frilzy. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like beckoning <laughs> Phil. Yeah. Phil's in the in the cop car, and he's like, "I I can't get out." But the other windows open, so oh, lo- Howard's trying to like like get him out somehow, and then Phil just like like worm wiggles his way out the front window. Yeah, it's just so odd. It's so weird. <laughs> like, don't cop cars have that netting? Like, yeah, I don't understand this whole thing. <laughs> well, like you said, they're very inept officers of the law. So. Right. Right. <laughs> Anyway, and so of course, as movie fate would have it, they discover this odd like helicopter bike thing. Yeah, but I don't understand why it would be less conspicuous to fly in some kind of machine rather than to hotwire a vehicle. Uh, I will say this: I am sure it had a lot to do with them thinking it would look really fun for kids watching the movie. Probably, yeah. Yeah, hilarity would ensue. Right, because there's a duck driving some flying uh, homemade airplane type thing, and yeah, like yeah, you know, right, exactly. It's an it's something that should be flying, flying something that shouldn't be flying. How kooky <laughs> is that? Anyway, so <laughs> anyway, so they have to kind of like jerry rig it because it's not really flying properly, but somehow they get it off the ground. So we get a police chase. With uh, Phil and Howard and this bike plane thing. And we get the Carol of Bev being with Dr. Jennings heading to a power plant in right. this monster truck. Right. Like, monster, like a diesel truck. Yeah. And it's uh, it couldn't be an 80s movie without a reference to a nuclear power plant. Oh, no, it could not. No, 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 no. And then so... She's tied up in the truck while he's like taking a tour of the power plant. <laughs> and this is one of my favorite parts because he's almost full overlord here. Oh, right. And he's not blending in at all. No, he's just growling <laughs> at everyone. He's like right. 100 gigawatts of power or something like that. You know, yeah, one million kilowatts of power. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just breaks from the tour group and then like. Pretty much just causes a power plant meltdown by going into one of the 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 <laughs> generators, basically. He just tears into the generator. Yeah, and when he comes out, he's got a red aura. He looks almost full Beetlejuice mode right there. Oh, totally. It, totally, totally. And then so we're flipping back and forth behind, between, um, you know, the car chase and then, you know, all of this going on at the power plant. And then, of course, you know, more hilarity as... They dive bomb a bunch of duck hunters. Oh, yes. And he's like, death from above or yeah. death to duck hunters or something like that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, I think had he been allowed to not wear pants for the duration of the movie, there would have been fecal matter on the duck hunters. I think he would have pooped <laughs> on them. I really do think so. You think he would uh, corkscrew face fucked a few of them? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I think they would have steered clear from the NC-17 version. <laughs> but then we've got the, uh, the truck is actually stopped in like an inspection line. But, you know, Jennings has 
things to do, so he's not going to stop, so he just plows into it the whole line. Oh, yeah. So the policeman's gunshots are just met with light beams. Right, and um, then he, is he evaporating these? Yeah, he's just obliterated. Oh, okay. <laughs> cars are obliterated, and there's just more carnage. Um, and so <clears throat> we've got... Um, uh, oh, we the uh, the fuel hose is busted on the bike thing, the bike helicopter, bike bike plane. Right, and that's another thing that bothered me because oh. as we're seeing all that fuel leaking out, it's like that's a small gas tank, right. and there's a lot of fuel being dumped out because the hose is busted. So right. in the time that it takes for uh, Tim Robbins to repair that, they wouldn't have any fuel, and they just would have ended up crashing anyway. Right. You know, but for yeah, the sake right. of the movie, I'll suspend my disbelief. Right. Okay. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. Because uh, not only that, but the rudders, the rudders wasted. I didn't see that. Yeah. No, he pulls it up and it's just in his hand. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's when Phil climbs down to fix things. But lo and behold, there's a bridge ahead, Rob. Mm. So they're forced to do a loop to loop. Pull up, pull up. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I have giant hearts drawn all around this next part. I wrote down waterboarding Phil. <laughs> uh, you were you were uh, kind of erect during that part, weren't you? Yeah, I was so happy. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so we've got our truck returning to the lab with Bev, and she's all tied up. So we get treated to more Phil shenanigans as he's hanging off the plane, and more. I put carnage. Carnage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with the cop chase, and then of course there's a train. And they have to fly through it, clipping their wings. Right. But they're and then, almost to the lab, but the throttle isn't working now. And the two crash into the water, like a little water fountain thing in front. And Howard can't like swim. Lake. No, Howard cannot swim. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, Phil, save me, save me. Yeah, exactly. But in back inside now, Howard's ready to fight for Bev, but she's tied up underneath the spectroscope. But Phil's got a plan because Carter had showed him something earlier. Yeah, some kind of neutron disintegrator thingamajiggy doohickey. Yeah. I don't know, something. It, it was a, a very complex thing. Right. But in during the interim, our doctor, which is looking horrible, <laughs> has inserted the code key and begins entering the target coordinates. Right. And he just keeps looking worse and worse. Like his spine is popping out of his back at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, he's looking really bad. <laughs> so... Basically, the uh, the spectroscope starts to extend with the target locked in. Um, but they're concerned, Phil and Howard are concerned, how are they going to get there without the doctor seeing them? Right, because if he sees them, he's going to do those little eye beam things and, mm -hmm. you know, whatever else. Yes. So basically, the contraption that Howard is riding on, it's got like a almost like a ray gun thing attached to it how did you like would you agree yeah that's like, the thing that they got out of the lockup yeah but howard accidentally fires up the engine and it just takes off and crashes oh because he told him uh phil told him not to press the button and howard pressed the button exactly yeah so and then they discover that it won't start and then jennings starts to uh glow and and throws light blasts at, at phil and the weapon Right, and, and Phil but, blocks it with a kind of satellite dish-looking thing. Yeah, and then my next note, I put down, Phil's not dead with, like, three frowny faces. <laughs> Phil's not dead. 
But when you lock the seat belt, it'll cause it to work. So Howard does this and it kicks everything into motion. But unfortunately, Dr. Jennings, the Dark Overlord, has death breath. Oh, my. I put in Superman breath. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, stops- apparently... Oh, Apparently it is death breath because they everybody was making comments of how bad it smelled. <laughs> right. And it stops the weapon and reverses it. So now there's a showdown, a standoff between um doc the doctor and Howard. Right. Now okay, the you know, knowing that Lucasfilm was in this, I didn't know prior to um, you know, reading everything, but when I first saw it. It did remind me a lot of Star Wars with like the electricity and the light beams and stuff oh, like that. Mm-hmm, um, yes. And then seeing it again, knowing that George Lucas was involved with this, it started to all make sense to me. And then at this point is when I'm like, he's becoming to he's uh, beginning to look a lot like Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He really is. The yeah, wild hair and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future, Christopher. Lloyd. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right, so Howard charges with the weapon, and we've got our doctor all charging up with the light, and, and, the, and the, the like laser bash, laser blast show begins. Yeah, it's kind of like a showdown at high noon. Exactly, exactly. Um, but then um, it doesn't now, go so well, and Howard does it just blast? looks worse for the wear, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but does it blast? Is this the one that blasts uh, the Overlord out of Jennings' body? Or does um, that come later? I can't uh, remember. I think this might be it because I have that Bev is screaming, get me down from here. And then the doctor says, the evil is not inside me, it's loose. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, so that did knock it out of his body. Yep, and then Phil is releasing Bev. And yeah, and the creature breaks its way through the floor. That's right. This is when the creature is revealed. Now, the creature design is pretty cool. It is. I thought. But it's. How do I say this? It's it's stop motion. Oh, totally. Totally. Stop motion. Um, It's not the most convincing stop motion. No, I think they. um, Okay, so we know that George Lucas basically blew most of the budget on the Howard the Duck suit. So um, whatever money they had left probably went to those effects of the the Dark Overlord. Yeah, because the creature is super, super cool. I'm not dissing the creature, but it's just especially looking back at like things Ray Harryhausen did. Are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. Oh, my gosh. Okay, he's like the granddaddy of stop motion. He did like uh, the Sinbad movies and he's amazing. Anyway, um. And we're talking like decades before this. They were more convincing than this was as far as a lot of the interaction. Yes. Um, yep. That's the only thing I'm like, you could have done better knowing that this was like a Lucasfilm kind of thing. You know, I'm like, this could have done, been done better. Yeah. Anyway. Especially in high def. There were some scenes where when you watch them, you could tell that it was superimposed. Yeah. I just I don't know. And that's, you know, that's just my take on this. And I'm sorry for all the Howard the Duck fans out there. Um, <laughs> it's still so good. It, like the creature effect is oh, awesome. I love the creature because it's like a like a it's got like part scorpion kind of crab kind of centipede all yeah. like mashed up together. Doesn't it look I, like something that would be on the Predator's home planet? 
oh yeah, right. And it's got like buttholes and it's like little hands that shoot out tendrils. <laughs> right. So it's great. It's got everything. Everything's um, a butthole. Everything's a butthole. Um, so, so as it's uh, breaking through the floor, Phil faints because he's useless. Yeah, Phil, um, Phil's no help. And, yeah, and the creature's like, there's no escape. And so it like, uh, it, it like blasts, uh, 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 it shoots this blast that knocks down um, Bev and Phil. And then it, that tentacle thing, like out of his butthole hand, uh, grabs Howard. <laughs> hand butt. <laughs> Um, yeah what didn't it okay did it make you laugh when he shot out that green ray that made uh phil and bev they're just like and they're just kind of in stasis and they're vibrating or something yes exactly there's some there's some of this movie that's like the you're you're doing this on such the cheap yeah that should not be coming from the company that is coming from. No, I totally agree. Yeah. This isn't a Corman film. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So the other tentacle is actually starting the activation sequence. And we've got four minutes before the other overlords start to arrive. Right. And that's when, like, just like you were talking about Bev and Phil are being shocked. Um, and then uh, Howard grabs a bone saw and just cuts through the tentacle. Yeah. And that, Oh, this is where Dr. Jennings handed him the bone saw. That's right. Oh, to, yeah, you're right. He yeah, throws, to help yeah, Howard you're right, you're right. free he throws himself. Him. You're right, you're right. You're right. You're totally right. And now we got three minutes. Um, and so Howard's back on the weapon, and he runs over the Dark Overlord's toe. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think his uh, scorpion tail is broken at that point, but it's not, because right. he kind of just shakes it off. And he bellows, eat claw, duck. <laughs> <laughs> and this is um, where um they're once again having that brilliant face off and a purple ray shoots out of the whatever the hell it is that Howard has. Um and it zaps the overlord and turns him into purple clown glitter. <laughs> Maybe well I that and then know. also, but like Bev and Phil, they appear to be like disintegrating. Really? They like, were? Yeah, they're getting like lighter, like they look like they are disappearing. Oh, okay, like I didn't notice that. They're translucent. You can see through them. Oh, wow. I yeah, didn't even and, notice that part. Yeah, and then this is uh, then when Bev yells, you'll never get home to, to Howard, like, you know, you like because he blasts the machine, too. Oh, blasts, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, you'll never get home. if he, You know, but Howard's like, it's a dilemma. You, you blast the machine, you won't go home. But if you don't, there are all these like little, you know, miniature stop motion things are get bigger and bigger. And then come into your world and still look shoddy. <laughs> oh man. But just in the nick of time, Howard chooses to save earth and nicks any opportunity of him returning. All right. Unless they build until they build another one at some point in time. Mm-hmm. And then so in the explosion, Howard is covered in debris and Phil and Bev believe him to be dead. Right. And she's mourning him already. He's like, oh, Howie, you are too mm -hmm. good for this world. But he's not dead. He's been taken over by the Dark Overlord. That's right. He's uh, I am not Howard. <laughs> and then she grabs that like 
shrapnel basically and plunges it into his heart again and again, screaming, no, I loved him. Why? And How there's did this happen? duck blood everywhere. Everywhere. And then she smears it on her face and then Phil comforts her and then removes her top and they make love next to Howard's dead corpse. And the strange thing is Bev has duck boobs. <laughs> and then the end credits roll. <laughs> not quite. No, not really. Howard was just joking. He was pulling their human legs. Mm. He's fine. Yep. He's totally fine. He's not dead. He's not a dark a dork over. He's not he's a dark, not a dork over- overlord. No, he's not a dork overlord. <laughs> nope. He's just fine. He was just joshing. Yep. And then, and I will, I, I don't even apologize. We get the theme song, which I still find quite uh, catchy and I love it. It's amusing as hell. I love it. I love it so much. It kicks in. And then we see that the, that the, uh, the ladies of cherry bomb are performing a much bigger venue and they have a new manager. And it's Howard the duck. Yeah. And we have a Holly, um, Robinson, uh, rocking out on her guitar. Yeah. Oh, and I gotta say that the guitar that Bev had, I'm not really a fan of those, but Apparently it was a Les Paul and her guitar looked so awesome. I was just like, I had my eyes on it. I was mesmerized by it. Well, and apparently she did really sing. She wasn't sure up until the very end if they were going to use her voice or not, but that is her singing. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, Phil's got a new job, I guess, because he was so competent before. Um, but he accidentally uh, releases the wrong rope, which lands Howard on the stage. Yes. And uh, apparently they played it off like it was that's what was supposed to happen. They handed him a tiny little red guitar mm-hmm. and he's rocking out. He is. He is. He's killing it on stage. Everybody's like, Howard the Duck. Yeah. I saw all the lighters go up in the air and everything. Mm-hmm. Until... His eyes glow red and he was not really joking. He was the dark overlord and he just beams out into the audience, killing everyone. Yeah. Disintegrate, turning them all into purple glitter. All of them. And then the credits roll. (laughs) No, that's a lie. (laughs) We are just messing with you. Um, But equally disturbing is the ending that you see um, them walking off stage together and it kind of looked like they were going to engage in a little uh, hanky-panky. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because Bev loves Ducky. Yep. And so yep. a kiss was implied. And I really, like from a kid, I remember them making out, but they didn't actually make out. Right. No. Now in the comic, Howard and Bev are a couple. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Like this really should have been a hard R. Not that I want sex scenes, but they should have just stuck with the comic. They should have made, they should have committed to it, not try to warp it into something that it really wasn't meant to be in the beginning. Mm -hmm. They should not have done it. Anyway, so Rob, tell me your thoughts on Howard the Duck. Did you enjoy Howard the Duck? I loved it then, and I still love it. Okay. And would you recommend other people watch this? Absolutely. I mean- not even horror fans, just fans of uh, 80s movies, sci-fi stuff, you know, creatures, hijinks, you know, all of that. I mean, I definitely would. I, I'd recommend it to everybody. Gotcha. Okay. 
All right. So there are parts of the movie I thoroughly enjoy. Um, I really do like Cherry Bomb. I wish the film would have been more about them. Really? Instead of um, like, okay, how do you mean? You mean like their daily lifestyle integrating Howard into it or just? Yeah, um, I would have had Cherry Bomb with Howard already maybe as the man. If you're going to go this route, if you're not going to stick really to the comic at all, have Cherry Bomb somehow fighting like the Dark Lord. I would have much rather seen that maybe have him already stuck on earth or something. I don't know. Get rid of the whole. To me, I would have rather had way more creatures to me. You get the creature at the very end of this thing. There's so much buildup to the monster. I would have put way more monsters. I would have had way more of the musical group. I loved cherry bomb. Um, I found and, and this is nothing against any of the uh, thespians that portrayed him. This has nothing to do with the voice actor. The actual visual effect look of Howard, extremely off-putting. Um, like the duck it's, suit itself? Yeah, it's creepy. Like, I find it super creepy. I wish they would have almost animated this much like Robert, uh, Robert, much like uh, Roger Rabbit. Ooh, interesting. I, like I that. would love to have seen it gone that way. And maybe he was the only thing animated and everything else. I would have still gone with like maybe more convincing stop motion. Don't get rid of the stop motion. Cause I love it. Just maybe put more effort into that. Um, I just, cause I do know the comic. I would have rather seen it be more adult. Um, have you seen the movie cool world with Kim Basinger? Yes, I have. Okay, more like Cool World tonally, I think. Um, Just this odd, like, we're kind of adult and racy, but not. We're for kids. Get rid of that. Don't make it for kids. Make it like. Like a PG-13 or even. Well, no, you were saying R. I would say R. Go for R. You know, like have them be a legit couple, you know, not this toying around with it kind of thing. and maybe up the menace more like, you know, like this, this, this monster is really going to wreak havoc on the earth. Like it's, it, it is a, it is a being that wants to destroy the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe even give us the, you know, the rest of the dark overlord crew and have them battling, you know, different parts you know, in different, in different scenes, have them like try to foil the dark overlords plans of taking over. Oh yeah. So I just think, and that's what I was talking about earlier. I just think it was a opportunity missed, which is a shame because you know that with George Lucas behind this, it would have had the money to have done some really incredible things. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. But I don't fault anybody uh, like involved, like the there's no thespian that I'm like, oh, you ruined this. It's not like that. I just think. It's it's almost one of those things where. The people. Except well, except for, you know, Mr. Gerber, who was involved with the comic, it's almost like the people involved. Weren't really fans of the original product 
or they didn't care to pursue the same direction that it should have been taken in. Yeah. And we see that happening a lot in, in even today's movies, unfortunately. Yeah. I just, it, I don't know. I just think it could have been so much more. Um, now, as far as recommending it, um, <laughs> um, I think for the right person, I would recommend it. Um, I think if you're a Marvel completist, you have to see this just because it is a Marvel property. Um, I think if you're into Howard the Duck, comic book wise, you should still probably watch it just to see it. Uh, fans of Leah Thompson, she's so darn adorable. You've got to watch it for her. Um, what about uh, not horror fans, but 80s movies fans? Would you That's recommend hard it? Because it's it's not like a iconic classic. I don't even think it really has. Oh, how do I say? And I sound like I'm crapping on the movie and I'm really not because I actually enjoy it for what it is. But as far as recommending other people, that's where I get like, oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to you have to seek out the right people who would find it palatable to them. Exactly. Because there are movies I love, Rob, but I would not just flat out recommend it to everyone because, you know, it's not going to appeal to certain people. Um. Because like the whole girl group thing appeals to me. Um, the creature part appeals to me. Uh, but gosh, Tim Robbins, I just can't. His, <laughs> his, his, see, there's so many things that like do, but there's things that like really detract. Yeah. Like the force, like silliness, like just that whole plane thing. I'm like, that is just goofy people. Um, I I do so love uh, the Dr. Jennings character. I love Jeffrey Jones. And you could tell, him. you could tell that Jeffrey Jones had a lot of fun doing that because he looked like he was all into it, throwing those light beams around and everything. Yeah. Um, it, it's just such an odd mishmash of things. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to love and there's a lot to despise for me. <laughs> um, and it, it almost, it's like a, a weird, uh, uh, tug of war because <laughs> like i'll watch it and i've seen it a lot like i mean i i own the the blu-ray of the movie so it's not like i just watched it you know for free somewhere i i own this thing and i've seen it many times um but i'll watch it and i'll be like i really like that and now something else will happen i'm like oh my gosh this is just it's driving me crazy um yeah. so recommending it i think for the right person yes uh i think uh there are people who will love the thing i really do um, and there are others who will loathe it and I totally get it. You know, uh, I, I, I can totally see the people who love it, why they would love it. And the people who will hate it, I totally get where they would hate it. Um, I do like the film. I, 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 I find it fun and enjoyable. I really do wish there was way more cherry bomb in it. Uh, the, the songs, some of them are really fun, uh, except for that sappy one. I'm like, no, get that out of there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's with reservations. I guess I would recommend it. So would you recommend it to the listeners of uh, Midnight Mass Creature Cast? I think with that caveat, I mean, if you're into creatures, you get it with Howard, you get it, you know, at the end with the overlord. Mm -hmm. um, but gosh, you know, there's a lot you've got to sit through to get to that. And like I, I find, I find the Howard one really off putting. <laughs> <laughs> I really, it's, I almost think animation would have been the way to go with this one. Yeah. Or I would almost like, but see, even in the Guardians of the Galaxy one, you know, where we do see him, I don't like that design. No, either. that design looked horrible. 
I just don't like what they're doing with it. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's with a caveat, I guess, you know, just enter it with your expectations set accordingly mm-hmm. and, um, you know, go from there. But Leah Thompson's so darn adorable people. She is. I mean, yeah. you just want to hug her. her. I mean, yeah, she just has that aura about her, I guess. She just seems so genuinely nice and sweet. Yeah. Um, and when I say adorable, I'm not breaking this uh, thespian down to her looks. That's not what I mean by adorable. I mean, like, she just seems so genuinely nice yeah. and likable. Well, yeah, um, that's exactly what I like. She's just adorable. I mean. Yeah, like Roseanne Barr. I mean, you just want to hear <laughs> <laughs> Roseanne Barr on Ambien. Yeah. No, I just, I there's just something about her. I just, I could forgive just about anything she would do just because she's in it, you know. <laughs> um, Leah Thompson. Um, not Roseanne Barr. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you were yeah, still talking about yeah, Roseanne. Yeah, no, no. Uh, so yeah, I mean, give it a watch. Uh, see what you think. Um, I wonder if this is a movie that people make it through all the way. Mm, yeah, I definitely, I would like people who have never seen it. I challenge you to watch it and tell me if, uh, tell either of us, if you actually made it through the entire movie. I do wonder, even when it like came out, I wonder how many people, if this was a movie they got up and left, I wonder how many movie watchers went to this and they were the only people in the theater. Mm. Um, I remember when it, I remember when it came out theatrically, like it was like hand. I mean, it was like shot down total bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Total bomb. I wonder if there were a lot of Howard the Duck fans who were excited about this. Um, and then when they saw the movie, they were just like, screw this film. I almost kind of think, because I remember seeing the trailers and stuff, but I'm like, that's not Howard the Duck. And I was probably not in the minority. I think a lot of Howard the Duck fans, judging by the trailer, they're like, this isn't Howard the Duck. They probably didn't even mess with seeing it. Okay. Yeah, because it really is so not the comic. And I don't mean to sound like that fanboy because I'm n- not really that. I promise you, I swear to goodness, I'm not. Um, but it really is not the comic in a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah, I bet you they didn't even make it there, Rob. Oh, OK. Yeah. See, I was thinking maybe they had like if they were like me, you know, and I was really excited for a comic book film, like, say, the X-Men. I was really into the X-Men and I was like, oh, they're doing a live action adaptation of the X-Men. And so I would get excited about that, even if I saw that it didn't look like exactly as what I recall the X-Men being. Um, So maybe there were some people like that. And then they watched the movie. They're like, "Never mind. This is just, Mm -hmm. this is not what I signed up for. And I don't even think to the extent of this, but I think some of it was kind of like Green Lantern. The Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern. Oh, oh, fuck no. <laughs> but not even like that. I think it was more extreme than that. I'm trying to think like, how would I do this? Like, let's say you took, uh, well, uh, let's say you took the X-Men like you were talking about, but you decided to make it way more kid-friendly. So they were actually daycare workers and <laughs> you maybe made it more like kindergarten cop. Oh, boy. I think people would turn on you. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. They'd be like, that's not my Wolverine. Like that's, you know, that's not storm, you know? And I think that's kind of like what this is. It's like, that's you're giving, you're showing, I mean, that's, 
them in that costume, but that's where it stops, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't, I hope that makes sense to people listening. Um, I think just for intents and purposes, they look like the characters, but everything that I know and love about the characters, you've stripped away. Oh, wow. There's no, there's no grit to it. There's no edge. Uh, and you're, and you're pandering to like a much younger audience and you're making it a comedy where it really wasn't, shouldn't have been a comedy at all. Yeah. See, I'm not the uh, expert here. I didn't read the Howard the Duck comics, so I have no clue as to what the real Howard the Duck would be. Yeah. I just think that's, I think that was a big part of like the, the failure of this to be a a financial success, Hmm. I think. Yeah. That's just me. I could be totally wrong. It's crazy how a movie can flop, but then again, have a cult following kind of like Buffy, the vampire slayer. Uh, Now, as far as Buffy goes, I really do wonder had the TV show never come into existence. What would the fate of the film version be? Do you know what I mean? Would we would people even have given that a second glance? I don't the know. Film? I know I didn't watch it in the theaters, but I definitely bought the VHS because I was totally into it. I really do wonder the the fate of that had there never been a TV show. Or had there been a TV show that was not a success? Had there been a TV show that, you know, it it floundered its first season and it just, you know, vanished from the ether. Mm, How yeah. would the film be received? I always wonder about stuff like that and you never really know. I just, I find that fascinating. But anyway, (laughs) we don't want this to be the five hour long Howard the Duck podcast. (laughs) But uh, so next week we decide to lighten this up because this, these past two shows have been so heavy with Howard and killer clowns. Yeah. We're going to do in the mouth of madness from John Carpenter. Well, actually we're doing adventures in babysitting, but. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, we're, we are descending into the mouth of madness next week. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, but no teeth. No, no teeth. No teeth. Uh, and so we do appreciate you joining on this. If you made if you made it all the way through this podcast, much like making it all the way through the film. Um, we appreciate you hanging around. Uh, as always, I can be reached uh, at... Uh, Midnight Mass Creature Cast on Instagram, if you want to get a hold of me that way. And I do appreciate, I had a gentleman named Jason. I won't give the last name in case he doesn't want me to. But he reached out and he had very nice things to say. And I do appreciate that. That warms my uh, hardened heart a little bit, like the Grinch. (laughs) Your heart grew two sizes that day. Two sizes. Just that day. It's already shrunk again. Oh, okay. It's back to normal now. It's back to normal. Yeah. (laughs) It clinks around when I walk. (laughs) It's like, do you have a rock in your chest? What's going on there? (laughs) It's my hardened heart. (laughs) Um, Also, you can send us an email with any questions, comments, etc. about the show at mmccpod at gmail.com. And thank you for being here because the more the scarier, even though we talked about a duck. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's not not so scary this week. No, the dark or the, the dark overlord kind of pushed it in that direction. I think. Yeah, made, made yeah. it a little scary. Like if, if you've got some really young listeners, which I don't recommend, by the way. <laughs> because See, I wonder. I drop I a lot a of f bombs. 
Oh, the show. Yeah, the show. Howard the, the show. Duck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant Howard the Duck. I, oh, no. I just think, as a kid, I think I would have been okay with this. I mean, I did have an overactive imagination, but I think I could have taken this one okay, I think. Yeah. Well, when the Dark Overlord finally showed up, I was uh, frightened. I was like, holy shit, that looks so real. Oh, I love you, Rob. That's sweet. <laughs> That's so cool. I, I want to like hug you. <laughs> my imagination is not my best friend at times. Oh, no, I'm right there with you. I just I think I would have been OK with that. For some reason, when it was stop motion. I could. My mind, there was something about the way it moved that my mind never accepted it as reality, because I remember there were like like I was saying, the Ray Harryhausen films and stuff. Yeah. I loved it, but I never accepted it as something that was going to exist in in my world that would come get me. Okay. Yeah. See, even I when separate that. Right. Even when we get to like when we start covering something like the gate and remember the creature and that, that was mm -hmm. stop motion, but it still scared the shit out of me. That's awesome in like a different way, but that's pretty cool that it had that effect on you, I think, because I love scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> Not that your trauma isn't real or that's awesome. That's not what I mean, but that's, that's no, pretty no, I, cool that, <laughs> I got that you. movies have that effect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to scare oh, the yeah. Jesus out of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember Best Little House in Texas. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. Stay spooky. Woohoo.